Wow. Hey, honestly, first off, I got to say, hey, thank you a lot. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you, guys. You can, you can take your seats, but, man, this is sort of emotional for me. I mean, I remember spending a lot of time, a lot of hours in this room thinking, God, what is my life going to be? What is this going to turn out to be? In fact, it was about 10 years ago uh, to this season that I was in this room as a senior. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, I was doing it in five years. I had heard cool kids doing it in five. Uh, I think that was just procrastination. But either way, I did it in five years and I was here. But let me say this, uh, President Scott Hagan, thank you so much for this opportunity and for sharing this stage with just, again, who am I to even be up here? But again, for you to empower people like me and others, and of course, Joshua, your entire team, this school means so, so much to me. And uh, so it's just, it really is a joy to be here. I, I heard some people from Milwaukee. Anybody Milwaukee, Wisconsin, anyone? Hey, love it, love it. That's where I'm from. But uh, again, this place, like I said, so special, so meaningful. This is where I met my wife, Tasha. I think I have a picture of my family that is up here and, and might be available, may or not. There it is. Uh, so we have a, a family, three kids there. So my wife, Tasha, is right up here. My oldest daughter, her name is Eden. She is seven years old. And then we have our middle daughter, who is Rhea. She is five. And then our son, Nico, who will be a year in about a week and a half. And so uh, people say, hey, are you done? I think we're done. So uh, hopefully that'll be the case for us. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Sometimes God has some interesting things in store for each and every one of us. I'm going to give a special shout out also to my team. I have a few friends and family that are here. So thank you guys so much for being here and for supporting and, uh, again, making time, making margin in your schedule to be able to be, uh, to be in this place. So let me pray for you. And then we're going to get into this message. I got a word for you real quick. Father, I thank you so much for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do. God, I thank you for this school that means so much to me and so many people that I know. God, let this be a time where we glorify you, God. Let it not be about any sort of thing that we just say just to say it, but God, let it be a thing that we apply to ourselves, a revelation that we apply so that we can go and live out the great commandment that you have for us, the great commission. And so, Jesus, thank you for also for the many students who are in this place, God, that maybe this is, they're the first generation, God. They're stepping in, they're, that we share that story where they're moving into something new and something maybe uncharted territory, a new frontier. But God, I thank you for their courageous faith and boldness to say, God, I'm here, I'm available, and I'm going after it. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen. Hey, I want to start off by reading Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and it says this really quick, but those who wait... On the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, a lot of us, we've probably have heard that message before. We've heard that verse before. But there's an interesting word that's in there that I'm not really good about. And it's that word, wait. Now, really quick, by a show of hands, anyone here not like waiting like me? Like, I don't know about you, but like for me, I hate waiting. It's just something that I'm not necessarily good at. I hate waiting rooms. I hate commercials. Gosh, I know I hate traffic. But the other thing that I also hate is someone else's turn when we're playing a board game. Like for me, I'm the kind of individual like, look, I'm, I'm out here for the win. You know, so I, I, know, I know what I'm doing three steps ahead. But if you could just pick your turn or you could just do what you got to do so that we can get on with this. But again, for me, I don't like waiting. But also, we know that we're not alone. Again, most day-to-day -day things and what we experience throughout our life, what we experience throughout the rhythms of how we live our day, uh, we have seen that waiting is not necessarily something that other people don't uh, like to do. In fact, we got things such as drive throughs right? Hey, come on, drive throughs really quick. Late-night late runs, is that still a thing to go get some food, right? Like, you, got, you need that drive through You need that fuel. 
at 12 o'clock at night, you know, to kind of get you going. Another thing is uh, Amazon. Shout out to Amazon, the ability to get something as quickly as possible, right? How about on-demand entertainment, right? Like Hulu, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. And then we got smartphones. Now, the thing about this is interesting. All those at its core are not necessarily a bad thing. But what they have done is they've contributed to us getting accustomed to a quicker lifestyle. In other words, this idea like I want it now. I got to have it now. And they become bad when we as believers and we as people start believing that we have failed or are unfulfilled when we don't get instant results. In other words, we've come to a place where we've come to grieve that waiting season, where we come to grieve that moment from when God puts something in our life and that moment when, when all of a sudden that thing comes to realization. But there's this, all this in between that God wants to do is something significant and special within your life. And if we're willing to allow that season to mold us and to shape us, God will do something through it. But the interesting thing, there's this word such as instant gratification, right? And it's this paradox of, of, of it being both good and bad. And if we're not careful, we can get ahead of ourselves. Because we know that even the most patient individual, which, by the way, if you're like, hey, Pastor Zeus, I don't know about you, but I'm a really patient guy. Or I'm a very patient girl. But, like, I got that fruit of the spirit and I got that way nailed down. But here's what I also know is that regardless of what, that, whether you're that person or not, there will be a time. There will be a season and there will be a moment when maybe that patience begins to run dry. When maybe just maybe the thing that you have been waiting for, the thing that you have been believing for, the thing that you've been striving and going for and saying, God, you put this on me. Why is it taking so long that even in that moment you will be tested? And yet God is not limited to both our time. God is not limited to what we want necessarily, but God, what he is doing is trying to accomplish what he designed us to do, and that is to live out the great commission that he has put within our hearts and to make Jesus known around our world. And waiting, like we said, it's not easy. It's hard, right? And for some of us, hey, maybe we're waiting a couple days. For others, a month. And forbid I say, yeah, for sometimes it's even years. And that's why I've titled this message that this might be a while. Because I think if we're not careful, we can miss out on what God is doing. Because inside of all of us, like we said, there are dreams, there are aspirations, there are desires that we are pursuing and waiting for. And yet it seems, for whatever reason, like we're getting nowhere. Like I'm doing this thing and I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting after it and I'm spinning my tires. And why does it feel like I'm not getting where I need to go? And even in, the, even in those most moments, we begin to feel this a sense of forgotten. That maybe, God, what you put in me maybe is, is not for me anymore. And you've put that aside, and I feel abandoned. In fact, I might feel erased. I feel lost. I feel fallen between the cracks. Again, spinning the tires of trying to get to where we thought God was trying to get us and not necessarily getting there. One of my old professors at this school actually said to me, and he said, it's those moments of the wilderness that it's God's classroom. What is God saying to you in the season of waiting? What is God doing in your life? And I, and I look to Isaiah chapter 41. It says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, I want to highlight the story of David. But it's not necessarily for the parts that he is most famous for, right? It's not necessarily Goliath. It's not necessarily even the, 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 the bad parts of Bathsheba. But it's the part of him having to wait, and for the sake of time, let me help summarize this really quick and bring context to what is happening, right? The nation of Israel, it's at a crossroads, right? There's just all this infighting. There's these things going on. And really, the Saul, King Saul at the time was just not working out. And the prophet Samuel was given a task. And he says, go and find the next king of Israel 
go to the house of Jesse and see if his one of, and see that one of his sons becomes king. And so he shows up. He's there and he's going about it. And all of a sudden, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. And all of a sudden, uh, Samuel's like, okay, like none of these are working out. What about what is like? Well, we got this other guy. He's kind of out in the fields, but you know what? Sure, go ahead, bring him. And so he comes, and Samuel at that point anoints David. David is the one that has been chosen to this. But the thing that is interesting about this, there's a difference between being anointed and then being appointed. Because oftentimes in our life, uh, uh, anointed, the thing that God puts inside of us happens first. But then what ends up happening is there's this waiting season, the season of preparation, the season of, 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 of patience that needs to take place till we actually get to our place of appointment. Now, I don't know about you, but one thing that I find very, very kind of like, man, this is tough. Like, talk about the daddy wounds there for David, right? Like, like all his other brothers, they get selected right away to come up forward, and David's just out there. Like, you want to talk about daddy wounds, that's daddy wounds right there. But David was unlikely. He was unqualified. He was unknown. And again, Samuel sends for him. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought, and he anointed David with oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Now catch this, because this is important. Like we said, he was uh, anointed, but he wasn't yet appointed. And uh, to be anointed means to be set apart, to be chosen. But now, what does he do? He waits. And God might have, like we said, revealed a dream and a desire in each and every one of us. Gosh, I got to believe that he has. In fact, why are we here, right? We're at North Central University. We are pursuing the next stage of our life. We're looking for what God has next for us. Because God has put a dream and a seed inside all of you to do amazing, incredible things. But we got to take that dream, we got to take that seed and make it into something as well, right? To do our part. For seniors, I don't know if there's any seniors in here. I know how this works. Like, seniors, you get a lot of skips. Like, dude, I'm, I'm almost done. But, but if there's any seniors in here, you're like, hey, I'm waiting for graduation. I'm waiting for that job or that opportunity. Maybe for others, we're saying, hey, I need clarity and direction for my major. I need clarity and direction for a relationship that I want to pursue or I want to go after. Or maybe for some of you, there's, you need healing in your body or you need healing in someone else's body. Maybe you have a parent, a brother, a sister, whoever it may be that you're looking for. And, and other things, it could be even a breakthrough for a personal struggle. And yet, like we said, the waiting can mean days. It can mean weeks and for others even months and even years. But the key is just because we've been anointed does not mean also that we've been, uh, we've been uh, set apart. But it is the appointment season that is coming. And here, anointed and appointed are synonymous, yet however they are God, they are within God, but not, are not limited or limited by time. And so time will pass. And some biblical scholars will say that actually the time from which he was anointed and actually became the king of Israel actually took about 15 years, if not even longer for that. Now imagine being in that season, right? Like here you got, you got, you got Samuel who's very important in the time. And he says, okay, cool, you're going to be the next king. And imagine be like, man, that's awesome. Like I'm ready for this. Let's go. Just get after it. And then you wait, and you're like, what is happening? But the other thing I've come to realize about this whole thing is that sometimes we can get caught up in this idea that waiting means to be stale. Waiting means to be just, just there. But there's this thing that's called active waiting, and the Harvard Business Review uh, uh, really defines it as consisting of anticipating, preparing for, and seizing opportunities and dealing with threats as they arise. Like an advancing army or a company proceeding into an unpredictable future, they can follow a general direction to probe the future for potential opportunities and threats, to keep resources in reserve, to remain battle ready. And when the big opportunity strikes, 
boom, you go after it. And so for us, it's an action of spiritual and physical seeking, a, spiritual, a, a, a action of spiritual and physical activating to saying, God, if you've put me in this season, if you've put me in this idea, if you, if you put that, that thing in my heart, then God, I'm going to do something about it because I know that you're faithful to it. And so for some of us, that means just doing what you're currently doing and just going after and being faithful in that season. But we go back to David really quick, right, because he, he spent these 15 years or so, he spent it laboring. He spent it fighting and even at times waiting and running for his life. And so the road is tough. It was unconventional. That road, in fact, it was, it was inconvenient at times. It was hard. It was tough. And it was unpredictable and hard to plan for, but yet he served Saul. He fought battles, some that he would win and get notoriety for. Again, we get the whole story of Goliath. And, but even that in that moment did not mean he was king. But what it does show us is that he was a man of initiative, that he was a man of purpose, that he was a man of saying, you know, God, if you put this in me, I'm just going to continue to be faithful. I mean, oftentimes people say to me, like, Zeus, this is awesome. You get to stand on stages. Like, what are you doing differently now that you weren't doing before? And honestly, it's like it's nothing different. This stage represents just an elevated position of something that I've always already doing. And for some of us, we're like, how can we get to where we, need, where we need to be? Just continue to be faithful. Continue to honor the leaders and the pastors and the professors or the people in your life that God has put over you and anointed you and appointed you for that season. And watch God do something later on. But yet the story, do you think when it gets better for David, he's on the run from a jealous king. And he spends years on the run, as we know, and he would finally eventually come to the place of being the king. But here's why I'm sharing this. Like this story, there are moments like we feel like we're getting nowhere. And perhaps this season you're, going, you're saying, man, this is a mistake. This is hard. But again, this is the required season of waiting, training, testing, and refinement. This is your classroom. This is the classroom away from the classroom. And it's very similar to the parable of the vine where we need to stay connected to the source. We need to say, this is Jesus' word saying, hey, stay, remain in me, and I will remain in you. And so God is reshaping us. He's repruning us. He's removing the junk that, that we don't need in our life that could potentially destroy us later on so that we can be ready for the season ahead for whatever that may promise may be. Now, I think also for some, that seed requires some time that year and years of care before it can really begin to bear fruit. But that doesn't mean, this is key here, okay? Follow me. Stay with me, okay? What's key here is that some seeds need space and time to mature and grow to become its eventual plant. And some of you are saying, God is not doing anything in my life. God's not moving in my life. You need time. You need space. Let God be faithful to that. It's this eventual glory and purpose of producing the fruit. And sometimes what's also true is, well... Let's be real. We get ahead of ourselves. We get ahead of ourselves with God, and we, we know individuals. And, again, I could be one of those people who cannot wait. And sometimes what's interesting and, and the thing that is challenging and deceiving is we begin to get to a place where we begin to cut corners. And yet that's a season that also saying, you know what, you can't do that. Instead, we find ourselves being cut off from the source. And then we're like, God, in this season, have I actually left the design and the purpose that you have for me? And thus killing our growth and our maturation. John chapter 15, verse 4, it says, again, this vine. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. This is Jesus. 
it's interesting because I've been sort of wrestling with this, uh, this thing that just came about me over the last month, and it's this idea of avoiding the preventable death. What does that mean, Pastor Zeus? Like, Zeus, what does that mean? Avoiding the preventable death. And, and preventable death basically is, is, is explained by saying it's things that, it's deaths that we could actually avoid through lifestyle and behavioral choices. Now, what's interesting also is that we're all going to die. Okay, right? Newsflash, at some point, we're all going to die, right? But there are some people that died a death that they shouldn't died. And I think in the same way, if we're not careful as believers, we can get caught up in a situation where we're not avoiding the preventable death. And we find ourselves walking away from Jesus. We find ourselves walking away from God. We find ourselves walking away from the death. In fact, I have a warning for you. Because I've seen this 10 years ago. Like I said, 10 years ago, I was going into my final semester of being a college student here. And I remember many, many years, many, many times, many, many moments, even in this altar right here, praying, believing for the next season, for what God was going to do with my, with my colleagues, with my students, with, my, with, with our, the other students, the friends. And yet one of the things that my wife Tasha and I, we've talked about recently in the last season is like, is so-and-so even following Jesus anymore? Is so-and-so even, even like, are they in ministry anymore? Are they in, in the job or in the marketplace that God put them and assigned them for? And it would grease me into all these things. All these things could have been preventable. But at some point, they lost the faith. At some point, they lost it. But listen, can I tell you something that is discouraging but also should encourage you? Because now you know this. Walking with Jesus is hard. It is, man. It'll, guys, everyone, men, women, it'll take you to a place where you're like, I just want to quit. Two years ago, 2020, gosh, I want to forget that year. I got to the closest where I wanted to quit. I felt like I can't do this anymore. I mean, there was all this infighting. There was this hurt. Like, I felt like in that season there was nothing that I could do right. And I remember for several times having almost like, like literally panic attacks. But I was like, I got to overcome this. Jesus, what are you doing in this? Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this? God, can you bring relief in my life? But gosh, did he? You know, there's a Bible verse that says hope deferred makes a heart grow sick. But what's that second part? But a dream realizes a tree of life. Room, chapel, students, everyone, I don't care, wherever you come from, whoever you are. That last part, but a, uh, uh, but a dream realizes a tree of life. In other words, if you can hold on, if you can hang on, God can do something through that. You know, I look back at my own story and I take inventory of it and I'm thinking through like, man, this is, I've had all these things in my life, right? Like I just shared with you back in 2020. But again, like shout out to all our first generation college students in this room. Like, I, I came from Mexico. I was born in Mexico, came over here, immigrated to the United States. And so my family, we didn't have a lot. My family, they don't plan for, for college. My family, like they, they were just like, hey, they were trying to live out this thing called the American dream. And so, like, my road, my path was sort of unconventional. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up with any of that. And so, in my ways, I didn't find Jesus until I was 19 years old. But in that moment, Jesus came into my life and turned it upside down. And I remember sitting at an altar very similar to like this, in a room very similar to like this, to say, God, I don't know what this means, but if what that person is saying is true, and God, then in this, I will come out in faith, and you will find me in this. And gosh, I'm so glad I made that decision. 
And in the same way I made that decision when someone said, Zeus, I think there's a call of ministry on your life. Me, no way. I was like, Pastor John, people like me don't become pastors. And then, of course, he's like, hey, you, ever, you been reading your Bible? I'm like, yeah, of course I have. So like, you seen the kind of people God used in that Bible? I'm like, okay, dude, I see what you're saying. But yet I'm so glad that that happened in my life. So then my path to, to again, here, Minneapolis, St. Paul, to North Central. Guys, really quick, my car broke down on I-94 in Eau Claire in the middle of the night. I had no hazards, no nothing. I had to call, the, like, the sheriff, like, dude, can you come pick me up? Like, I got no hazards. I'm like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm out here by myself. Can you come help me? I slept in the nastiest hotel because that's all they, they can give me. I was a college student. I didn't have much to my, to my name. But, again, this unconventional path to my time I didn't see you and just everything that it meant for me. Don't take this for granted because you'll look back on this and be like, man, God, you did something special. But also be mindful of what's coming ahead. So then also pursuing my first job. And, I, like, again, I felt like first, draft, first round draft pick material when I was graduating, y'all. Like I felt like, man, if there was like a combine for, uh, for pastors, like I felt like I could, I could ace it. And you know, I remember in that season, God said, hey, why don't you just wait? Like, what does that mean? Like, all my friends are taking ministry jobs. What do you mean? And it's like, just wait for you. That's not everyone's path, but that was my path. And in that moment, I sit and I waited. But I was so glad I did. I worked as an admissions counselor. Hey, shout out to your admissions counselors, by the way. They all helped get you here. I worked here as an admissions counselor for several years. And then even in that time, found moments where I thought I had a job and then didn't. And then eventually finding my place on this team that I currently work on. But again, there was heartbreak. There was moments where I was riding the bus. My wife and I, we had one car and I was, you know, I was commuting. I was finding the bus. I was like, okay, I got to get to church tonight. How do I get from here, North Central University, from my job to, to the church where I'm going to go serve at? These moments where I walked this path where I felt anonymous when I felt alone. But you might be in this waiting season now. But you will someday come through this. It's difficult, but keep going keep going. Perhaps for some of us, like we're praying to God, God, would, you, would I find breakthrough in something I'm struggling in, in a sin or something, whatever it is, but lean into his truth. Lean into him. Lean into, the, lean into the Father. Lean into the Son. Lean into the Holy Spirit, but keep going because it might be a while. It may take some time. You know, a favorite speaker of mine said, if you can learn uh, if you can learn what to do while, we're, while you're weeping, if we can learn how to press forward while we are hurting, if we can learn how to remain while we are being pruned, that's where we're going to grow. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do. Our, your worship team is going to uh, begin to lead us here. And I want us to get, have a moment of response because I don't know if you're like me. Let's just get real. Let's get honest. But you ever been in a situation you've been waiting? We are like, God, I'm waiting for this. I'm asking for this. Why does it feel like I'm getting nowhere? Why does it feel like maybe a part of me is dying? But what if, listen into this, okay? What if that was never a season where you were intended or where you thought you were just set aside, but actually God specifically picked you, your background, your gender, your family, your heritage, whatever it is, what if in that season God is still working things out? Because like I said, we can cut corners, and we could try to make it happen. But that ain't sustainable.
That ain't sustainable. So I want us to stand at this time. We're going we're gonna to respond through it. But if you're like, man, I'm waiting for something. I'm believing for something. Or maybe you're, you want to stand on the gap for someone else. Can we just come up? Can we just fill this altar? Like, I remember when I gave my life to Jesus. Like, there was no, I, I think I gave my life to Jesus every weekend. Like, hey, if you want to come to get, you know, not, know God, come to the front. But if you're waiting for something, just come up. And I know that we have some staff and faculty here, and I'd love for them to pray with you. But let's respond. And, and if you're in the seats, you're like, dude, I'm good. I'm great. Congratulations. That's awesome. But there will be a season that will come. And maybe you're saying, God, maybe I'm not standing for the season I'm in right now, but I'll stand for the season that's coming. God, help me to be faithful. Help me to remain faithful. So our worship team is just going to play for just a, just a minute or two. We're not going to keep the, I know how this works, y'all. Like lunch is coming up. But if you're saying, I just need to be found faithful, God, hold on to me as I hold on to you. I need to remain in you. God, help me to learn from this. So, Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in the hearts and the lives of each and every student in this place. God, I pray that we would not hold back, but rather, God, in this moment, that we would draw a line, that we would draw a line in the sand and say, God, I'm crossing over. Lord, I'm not looking back. I'm looking to everything you have in front of me. And if there's anything that is left, God, I will fight for it. I will go after it. But, God, I will be found faithful in the end because of what you've done in my life and what you're going to continue to do. So, God, I thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, I pray. Come on. Amen and amen.